trying to meet up with people to run after that, I was like, oh, no, this one's going to be solo. Or I'm only going to do four miles with you when either at the beginning or end of my, my run. Like, I need to try to really build my mental game. mentioned in previous recordings that we had done some recordings in September and then we added on introductions. So just to like bring everyone where we are, today is November 10th, Sunday, and the New York City Marathon happened last week. And actually, it was really funny. I was walking down the street. I was walking down uh, Columbus Avenue yesterday and I heard these street vendors say, there's no marathon this Sunday, right? We're good. (laughs) It was really endearing. Um, So the marathon has happened. We had three featured athletes, two of whom ran in the New York City Marathon. So all of our our program has completed, and we're going to start rolling out our episodes of our featured athletes. And we're going to start with Melissa O'Brien, and she is today's episode. And actually, we we had enough time because we only had one athlete not running New York to do two recordings with Melissa, one before her race and one afterwards. And... um, you know, the whole point of the exercise was to be able to be a resource and help some uh, um, an athlete. It turned out to be three athletes to help an athlete through their journey, their marathon training journey. So for us, it was really about accountability and being a support and helping people to grow however they can. And the mystery and the beauty of the marathon is that we just don't know what's going to happen. So we always say enjoy the journey because we don't know what's going to happen on the day. And this is Melissa's story, and we're really excited for her and proud of her, and we hope you enjoy. Hi, Melissa. Welcome to Chill Track Friday. Hi. Thank you for having me. Uh, we're so excited to have you. Um, as I mentioned, we're this is sort of a little before your race segment, just to check in and um, introduce you to our listeners who know you a little bit on Instagram but uh, don't know all the details of how hard you've worked and how proud we are of you. And just wanted to have a little chat about how you feel and how your training's been and what you, if you want to share goals, you don't have to. Um, And yeah, let's dive in. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm okay. (laughs) Yeah. Just had a lift on the running van this morning (laughs) (laughs) after being sick for the last nine days. Anne had banned me from running <laughs> the last race. <laughs> the ban has been lifted. Been the ban has been lifted. Thank you for trusting us because it's really hard to not run when you're close to a goal race. And yeah. it's, you know, you feel kind of antsy and nervous. And But the best thing for you at this point was to not run and rest. And do you feel better? Yeah. I, I think I needed someone to tell me not to run. Because I was like making the decision myself, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I should do it. Of course, I should do it. I shouldn't miss any uh, workouts." And then I was like, "I still really don't feel that great." Yeah. <laughs> and then I didn't realize you didn't know I was sick. I, I think in my like foggy brain, I had told you, and I hadn't. <laughs> I know. I looked at your because you asked me a question, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, that sounds fine." And then I was like, "Wait a minute!" And I went to your log, and I was like, "Oh my god, she doesn't feel well." No. Yeah. <laughs> No running. Yeah. We had a whole text between you and I yeah. going back and forth where we were like, uh, yeah, no, no, work is done. <laughs> First priority, get better, get over yeah. this cold or whatever it is. Um, so you are eight days away from the Berlin Marathon. I am. It's yeah. exciting, scary, nervous. 
traveling in four days. So it's coming really quickly. It came up much faster than anticipated. Isn't it funny? It always seems like it's so far out. Yeah. And then just you get through those long runs and then it's like, oh my God, now I'm in taper. I think everyone I've been training with is like for New York City and there's this 45 days away. So like I'm still kind of on the, oh yeah, it's like that far out, Mm -hmm. but it's not. Yeah. I had your experience. I did Berlin a couple of years ago and all my friends were doing New York and it was a similar thing. Like you're, you're peaked and you're ready before everyone else is. And then you run your race and you come back and it's so nice to have already done your race. (laughs) Just say that. (laughs) So, um, can you tell us how your training has felt and gone? from your perspective? I think this was probably one of the most challenging training cycles I've had. Um, To kind of put it in perspective, the first three weeks of the 16-week training cycle, I was so sick. So it's kind of like I'm capping this training cycle off with sick, good, and then sick again. So I'm not quite sure what's going on with that. But um, uh, I honestly, if I hadn't been chosen for the featured athlete, I hadn't really gotten on track. With the training, and I think we were already, what, six weeks into, mm-hmm. we only had like 10 weeks left, and I hadn't chosen a training plan, I hadn't figured out what I was doing, how I was doing it, hadn't booked anything for Berlin, so I don't even know if I was like fully committed to going um, at that point, and so I think I needed like the, the boost and the kick of like, hey, here's what you have to do, and I'm like, okay, I can follow things. <laughs> You jumped on board immediately. <laughs> yeah. It was amazing. I think I needed some direction. I was like not fully directed at the point. So that's very helpful. Yeah. It really helps to have that some level of structure in that and then yeah. you can follow. There's the effect of crossing it out, like, okay, I did yeah. that and it's maybe it was scary to look at that before you went out to accomplish everything that week. So that's pretty and it kind of builds on confidence. Can you what was your maybe favorite or best workout during the training cycle? Um, I think my favorite workout was that ladder workout for the peak long run with like the marathon pace one mile, easy two, two marathon pace miles, easy two, three marathon pace miles, easy and then back down. Because I think that just gave me a lot of confidence. Mm -hmm. Like it was so challenging, but I think it gave me a lot of confidence and then it just it was the highest mileage week I've run in my entire life so I was like oh wow I can do it I'm still standing (laughs) from the coach's perspective I was so excited for you well first of all I remember I gave you two options and I knew which one you were going to choose but I wanted to give you two (laughs) options (laughs) I'm not transparent (laughs) nope it's not that it's because you are someone who likes to challenge herself which I really admire and I I have never done that workout I probably might have done something similar if I had been able to run a marathon this past year. And so I was like, I've never done this, so I can't actually, I don't, I didn't know how it was going to feel. I knew it was going to be harder than the first option. And I loved that you chose to do it. And then I was waiting for your text, but I didn't want to like text you if it hadn't gone well. So I was just kind of waiting. And then I saw, we went on to Garmin and I saw your run and I was just like, just so happy for you because I, you know, it was just you executed it really smartly, and I think that that's how m- good marathons are run, is using your brain, because you, your body has been showing up to all of your workouts. Yeah. And you know, you mentioned that you got sick in the beginning and the end, but those are actually the perfect places to yeah. get sick, rather than in the middle. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about trusting our training, like I want, you know, like look at your log on the plane and just be so yeah. 
be confident how much work you've put in. Yeah. yeah. Really admire your training. <laughs> <laughs> how many times have, did I say that to yeah, you? Yeah, no, like, we have been, <laughs> we've been going back and forth looking at the log and then constantly texting with, you know, Ann and I have been texting with each other. Um, and same experience that morning because that was the Fifth Avenue mile morning, mm -hmm. right? Like I had run the mile and then we were, and then when her text came in, you're like, oh, look at this. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty cool. I think I texted you too because I was like, let's delay it to see if I can do at the start time of Berlin. I was like, yeah. let's let's do it a little bit later to try to simulate that. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't want you waiting too long because you like, text me immediately. And I'm like, yeah. okay, let's, let's talk to her and make sure she knows it's not like a seven hour. <laughs> yeah, or that you're like in the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> I'm alive. Yeah, very much so. Other than the obvious, what are you most excited about going to Berlin and running this marathon? The beer afterwards. Nice. <laughs> There's plenty of, plenty of, yeah, Good I couldn't find had. water at the finish line. All there was was beer. I was like, where's the water? I just want some water. Supposedly that's the non-alcoholic beer, but yeah. <laughs> um, cool. I think it'll be cool. To, it's my first international marathon. I haven't been out of the States in about 10 years either. So like, it'll be cool to have like a actual trip mm -hmm. away. Are you staying people. afterward? Yes. Um, so we're going to Munich okay. afterwards for Oktoberfest. And then we're gonna fly out of Paris because it's, it's way cheaper to fly out of Paris than Germany. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, we'll be there for a few days. It'll be really cool. Oh, that's nice. And it'll be good active recovery, just walking around a little bit. Yeah. You might be very tired. <laughs> I think I'm gonna be very tired, yeah. but it'll be a good tired. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and so have you decided what you're gonna wear for the race? Um, I think so, uh, yes, but my track club just got singlets, but they're coming in Monday. So it's kind of bordering on the rule of no, nothing new on race day. So we can we can make the decision for you. Yeah. yeah no. Nothing new on race day. Yeah. If, okay. Yeah. Whatever you did, you're yeah. preferably the 20 miler in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what I was going to be wearing. Okay. <laughs> you could change into the singlet okay. afterwards. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There we go. With the metal on. So mm -hmm. the... And then take a photo and send it to the group. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. So Ali asked you about the the most satisfying mm -hmm. workout. Was there one that was, I mean, also that was obviously the most challenging, but were there, were there areas or times in your plan where you had to kind of talk yourself out of a hole or you know, pick yourself back up because marathon training is not always like, yay. No, there are, there are a lot of dips. Yeah. Um, I think the 16 miler when I was in New Jersey and it was like one of my first runs by myself. Like I've been running, I realized I'd been running with people for most of the year. I hadn't really done any single runs or solo runs. Like there's always somebody to run with. So I was like, okay, let's keep running with people. And then I went home and was visiting family and I had to do a 60 miler and it was all by myself. And I got on the trail and it's like a one way trail. It's water on both sides. So once you enter it, you have to keep going. You can't, you can't get off of it anyway. And um, so I started and it was going okay. Never really felt great. And then I got to like mile 11 and I stopped. I just stood there. 
and like stared. <laughs> I looked so horrible. Yeah. And then I like was like, okay, you can do the next half mile. So I was like, I did a half mile, and then I stopped again. It was all mental. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. It wasn't physical. It was just like, today's not my day of running. Um, and so it was like every half mile for a good three miles, I was just stopping and staring. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you can do this. I ended up calling my best friend, being like, can you talk me through these last two miles? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't. I can't abort. Yeah. <laughs> I have to go straight. <laughs> There's water on both sides. <laughs> so either I have to walk this or I have to run this. So yeah. you got to get there. Yeah. I'm like, I've been out here for a very long time. <laughs> Um, and it was all mental. It was, my body felt fine. I like afterwards I was like, I could have pushed harder. I could have pushed through it. But like, there was something about not being with a group that just very much threw me off. And like, I couldn't, I couldn't get my head in it. Mm. Um, that that makes sense. If you've been used to a certain dynamic the whole time, and then you all of a sudden totally get pulled out of that. Yeah. It's almost a small reset in mm-hmm. in how you how you work, how you run, all of that. So, yeah, it's a really good thing to experience before race day. Yeah, because though you're with you know Berlin's like forty thousand people, you're still on your own in some ways. Yeah, I think that changed my training too. And so instead of trying to meet up with people to run after that, I was like, oh no, this one's gonna be solo, yeah. or I'm only gonna do four miles with you, when either at the beginning or end of my, my run. Like, I need to try to really build my mental game, not just my physical. And that's so valuable, and that's something that we noticed in your log right away, that you had that tough workout, the long run, where mm-hmm. you it was the first time alone, and then you adjusted. So you, it's kind of like the perfect, it's kind of the perfect athlete who sees something and then is like, oh, this is where I can improve, and it's not about running faster or running harder. It's about doing something where you saw there was a little bit of a weakness maybe. Mm-hmm. And um, the mental part is real. I mean, it's really real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. In fact, actually, I wanted to ask you, I mean, you're, you're a nurse practitioner and you specialize in it's um, psychiatry, mm-hmm. right? So do you have, does some of your skill set, can you apply that? Do you, do you apply that to your running? I do, but I also find when you know what you're doing mm-hmm. and you can like <laughs> assess it, it doesn't mean you're going to change it. <laughs> like you can see what's wrong and you're like, I know that's wrong, but making those changes is hard. And so I do, I try to apply and like I'll reflect on it and I'll think about it. And then like I've done so many loops of the reservoir because it's just such good mental focus training because it's just so monotonous and you mm-hmm. really have to push through and you really have to like get going with that. It's really smart. Well, it's funny because when you said that you weren't, when I figured out that you weren't feeling well after, well, you told me, then I looked at your log. I was like, oh yeah, she's a nurse practitioner. (laughs) And she's still running. It just made me think my dad's a doctor and my mom's a nurse and like doctors and nurses make the worst patients. Absolutely. hundred percent worst patients. Like I was, I literally slept all weekend and then I was like, I have a 13 miler I need to run. So Sunday night I went and did the 13 miles. They actually felt okay. Um, I was on the phone with my sister-in-law the entire time, and I was like, oh, you just ran a half marathon with me. Yeah. She's like, that my first and only. <laughs> Does your sister run at all? Uh, a few miles here and okay. there, if she's feeling like it. But she's like, I'm never doing distance. She married it. Like, my, her and my brother got married last year, and she said something to my brother of, like, you know I'm not going to run, right? Oh, my <laughs> like, God. Whatever you do. Yeah. She's like, I'm not going to be running these these long distances. I'll go. And she came for like my first New York City and cheered with my mom and stuff. And it was really nice. Oh, that is nice. Now, 
you said that you have a bib for New York too, right? I do have a bib for New York. How are you feeling about that? What are you going to do with that? Um, it, this was supposed to be a fun run. Um, my best friend got into New York as well, and so we were going to run it together. She had initially signed up for wine glass, and she was going to try to BQ, and then we're going to use that as like our fun, joyous run together, but she's been dealing with injury for the last year, and she's kind of the one who got me into group training and convinced me to actually train for marathons and half marathons instead of just showing up. <laughs> so she, we were going to do this as a our fun run together and like enjoy it. But now she's out. So I haven't quite fully decided. I think it's still going to be a fun run unless something happens in Berlin and then I might try to race it. Mm-hmm. So we can like, cross that bridge if you can. Yeah. Get yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a bridge there that can be crossed, but doesn't necessarily have to be. Yeah. So, and if I may offer some advice. Yeah. <laughs> Of course. Don't keep it as like an out in your back pocket. <laughs> I like those outs in my back pocket. Yeah. I use them too. I know I confessed to a few of those before. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it is, but it also doesn't need to be. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Because yeah. It's there yeah. like if it gets hot and then I'm not like. Yes. It's more for weather, not more for like, because I've been checking the weather there and I don't run well in heat at all. Like mm-hmm. heat and humidity, it, I just melt, I die everything slows down yeah. <laughs> um as soon as the weather changes like i speed up like so much mm-hmm. it's like it's crazy how much mm-hmm. I, my body changes when the weather and humidity are low so i've been like looking at the weather there and it's saying like 70s like high 60s low 70s which is kind of on the border of mm-hmm. too hot for me so We'll mm-hmm. see what actually happens race day. The morning, the morning, have you checked the weather in the morning, mm-hmm. the night before? I mean, yeah, that yeah, would be then. Yeah, the night. so it was like uh, low 60s, like high 50s, low 60s early. Okay. But I'm in the last wave, so it's mm-hmm. not going to start until like 10. Okay. So it'll be like 10 to 2.30-ish Okay. for running, so that's kind of like peak yeah. heat. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. One thing good about Berlin, and if I remember correctly, there not all of it is in the sun even if it's mm-hmm. it is sunny mm-hmm. there's a lot of a lot of portions that mm-hmm. are like tree tree line covered streets or buildings are relatively high enough okay. that um yeah so I, I i haven't checked the weather but yeah um, it's 40 we'll, percent chance of rain which i'm like hopefully the percentage goes up yeah, yeah. if it if it rains rains that <clears throat> will be actually that's good yeah. yeah what you wouldn't want just like for any race not just for berlin is for it to be 40 percent chance of rain but it super humid <laughs> and then it rains overnight and it stops right before yeah yeah the that's dang kind race. of what happened when I, I ran yeah yeah it was like 98 percent humidity it had yeah. rained the night before yeah like, <laughs> and to negate that the temperature needs to be quite honestly like below 50 it yeah. needs to be in the 40s for you to be like okay i can maybe live with this humidity um like it, it, if if heat is not your thing mm-hmm. yeah in that way yeah, yeah. and I think I mentioned this to you before, the idea of um, taking in some electrolytes like the few days mm-hmm. before you travel and while you're traveling. Because mm-hmm. I was so focused on not being dehydrated that I drank so much water mm-hmm. that I, I was like kind of floating in my own body. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And uh, that, that was the biggest takeaway for me from Berlin. So, Melissa, I've been at group training almost, it's going to be three years at the end of this year. You've been there longer. 
we've seen a lot. It's been so many inspiring people to have, you know, they come, they train, and then they shave off their time. And I've, like, I remember you from the time you joined. And you, I wasn't coaching the group you were in, but I, you know, we were cl- like, we were running Cat Hill or whatever the workout. Mm-hmm. We we're close enough in close proximity mm-hmm. that you can watch who's doing what. You're the person, if there was an option to do an extra rep, you raised your hand, mm-hmm. who always showed up no matter what and switched on that extra effort, right? And in the process, you probably took others with you who got better, right? Uh, whether you see it that way or not, mm-hmm. like I, as a coach from the sidelines, it's really apparent, like who you are. Can you talk a little bit about why Melissa runs and what, and maybe even like from the time you started running, how how potentially that has changed to where you are today? Is that? Okay. Yeah. Um, I think, well, me as a person is I like to prove myself wrong. And so, like, most of my life I've been, like, I was very shy, very, like, hard to interact with people. Um, So even graduating high school, most of my teachers never heard my voice. I never spoke. Like, I was that person. And then I go and work for a newspaper. And, like, (laughs) like, so I had to speak to people because I'm like, (laughs) now let's put yourself in a position so you're forced to speak to somebody. And then I put myself in a position where I could have gone and done, like, some sort of mathematics. I was really good at math. I went and did psychiatry. (laughs) (laughs) I spent all day talking to people when that was like the hardest thing for me growing up and still can be hard for me at times. Um, And so then running was also that that type of thing. Like I remember I was I did soccer when I was growing up and um, I spent more time thinking about having to run than actually running. (laughs) Like in the training, like like, oh, you're supposed to do like a mile or two by yourself. You didn't have watches or anything like that at the time. And so I'd like run down the street and run back or whatever. And I think I spent almost an hour working myself up to go do it rather than like just yeah. doing it. Yeah. Um, and then in college, I used it as like a weight loss um, thing. So I do like two loops of the campus, which is probably maybe three miles if that. And I was getting up every morning and doing it. And then life got in the way and like it all fell off. <laughs> right. Um, and then... It started picking back up again when I was working at a hospital in New Jersey and they needed someone from the unit to do a 25K. And it was like for cancer research, I know how far 25K was, but they're like, you're the youngest person on the unit. You sh- <laughs> you've been nominated to be the unit yeah. person. And these are rep. metric units. It's yeah. not that far. Yeah, it's not <laughs> far at all. Um, and they're like, and it's like close to your house, so you can of course do it. Um, and really it was like, it ran very close to my house. So I was like, Halfway through, I was like, I'm just going to walk home. (laughs) Um, So I signed up for it, but I didn't know how to train. I didn't know what I was doing. I got like a watch and everything, and I didn't know what I was doing. I don't think 25K is what, like 15 miles or something like that? I think maybe I ran eight or nine miles before the race. I was running once a week, if Mm -hmm. that, because they had me at work like 80 hours a week. (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't know what I was doing, so I showed up. I think. I was third from last <laughs> in the race. And so I was like, okay, I'm not doing this again. I'm done. <laughs> like, yeah. that just felt awful. Like, they're closing up the finish line as I'm crossing it. Yeah. Um, but I liked running in that it helped relieve stress. And the hospital work can be very stressful. Um, and then I got into nursing school. And in nursing school, we tried to start like a running group. 
where like we'd meet up and run, but it was once a week on the weekends. And I was like, oh, let me run a marathon. Like maybe it'll get me training more. Maybe it'll like make me, <laughs> me do that. And um, I ran maybe once a week <laughs> leading up to the marathon. Uh, it was the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. Um, I think the first half was good and then it went downhill from there. But it was like a run walk to the finish. And I think I finished just under six hours, which was like became the goal (laughs) at the time. And it was like there was this headwind coming at you and you're running, but you're like, I think I'm not moving. (laughs) Um, And you have like the volunteers coming up like, you look really bad. Like, can we help you? (laughs) I'm like, no, I'm going to finish. I started this. I'm finishing it because I, I said I needed to finish this. So this is what we're doing. And across the finish line, I'm like, I'm never doing that again, mm-hmm. ever. And one of my friends who was supposed to run it, but she had gotten injured, she uh, came to me like two months later. was like, let's do New York City. I'm like, okay, let's do New York City. <laughs> it, took, it took a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of convincing, not really. <laughs> so then it, I guess it was like 2016. Um, we were doing the nine plus one, so we did like all the nine races. And my only training for that year was showing up at those races, and that was it. I'd show up to the races, I'd run the race, and that was that was the workout for the week. Because <laughs> I was, I, I think at that time I was working as a nurse practitioner. I was very stressed out, and like I just couldn't get my head into to working out. And I needed to. That would have would have been the best plan, mm-hmm. but. I was gaining a lot of weight at the time because I was eating so much from like all the stress at work and it was just a not a great situation. And I volunteered that year for the marathon in 2016. I was at the medical tent at the finish line. I was on the psych team and they really didn't need any psych at the finish. So I ended up being on wheelchair duty. And that year it was very hot at the marathon. So most of my job was picking people up, putting them in wheelchairs and wheeling them back to the medical tent and I was like oh gosh I'm doing this next year <laughs> are they going to be picking me up and putting me in a wheelchair <laughs> to wheel me to the medical tent I was like maybe I should actually start training for this <laughs> I didn't though <laughs> so then like that next year 2017 I'm like okay we have 11 months to the marathon we're good we've got time we can do this mm-hmm. no we didn't do this <laughs> it wasn't until May, where I, I like started making a concerted effort, like, let's start eating healthy. Let's start there. Let's start changing our habits. And then I ran Brooklyn half that year and died. Mm-hmm. Died. I hadn't trained, showed up. It was, it was raining. I don't think it was hot. So it should have been okay. <laughs> and I came in, I think, just under three hours for the half. And I was like, I can't do this. I can't do a full marathon feeling like this. Like, this is just awful. And my friend, like, sat me down, my best friend. And she was like, you're going to hurt yourself. (laughs) You run a marathon and you don't train. Like, you're going to hurt yourself. Like, something bad is going to happen. So I was like, okay. Like, we're going to start training. We're going to make a plan. We're going to do this. And one of my other close friends, like, frog marched me into the gym. I was like, you're signing up right now. You're signing up for the gym. We're not leaving until you sign up. So that's how I started at the gym. So I started the gym in June. I was running maybe two to three times a week over the summer, like eating healthy, making a concerted effort. And my best friend had all summer been like, you need to join group training. You need to join group training. I was like, I can't run with people. Like, I'm too slow. Like, I can't, like, I can't do that. Like, I'm going to embarrass myself. 
And she's like, nope, you're joining, like you're signing up. So I signed up, I think I started in September of 2017. I was on, the only thing that was open was like Thursday tempo. I was the slowest person. <laughs> this was before they had group five. And so I couldn't even keep up with group four. And like, I'm like, you have to do this for like 30 minutes. I'm like, I can't do this for 30 minutes. Like whatever pace they were doing, like it was way too fast for where I was at because if you look at any of my stats for any of the races prior to that, it's all the same pace for every single distance. <laughs> like, <laughs> no matter how hard I pushed, it was always the same pace, and I could always do it for whatever distance I was doing it for. And so I didn't know about like speed work or tempo or like you could change your pace. <laughs> what was that? Um, and I, for eight weeks, like I just felt so down in myself, like being at group training, because I was like always the last one to like cross the line. I was always the last one, like not being able to keep up with the group. And like, I didn't realize that they were all in their peak marathon training, right? Like that didn't cross my mind. Like they were all training for the marathon. They'd been doing it really hard all summer. Um, Cause I thought I had been training hard, which in retrospect, it was not that hard. <laughs> it was hard for me at the time, but like in general, it wasn't enough mileage. I was maybe doing 15 miles a week, if that, which was a lot for me. But in the grand scheme of things, training for a marathon, 15 is not that much. And I wasn't gonna sign up again. I. Because that session ended just as a marathon was going to happen. And so I took the next session off because I was like, I need a break from running. Like, it's gotten too much. And um, Coach Harper actually, like, kept reaching out. So she, like, when you come to the expo, you're coming and talking to me. And I was like, oh, no, I'll, I'll, I'll say hi. I mean, she's like, no, no, I'm going to be at the expo at this time. <laughs> you're yeah. going to come in, like, we're going to chat about, like, course strategy or whatever. So I was like, okay. And then she just kept, like, staying in touch, like, throughout um, November and December and January, she's like, sign ups here. Did you sign up? <laughs> like maybe try Tuesdays, like for the interval training. And I was like, okay, you convinced me. She's like, I'm on Tuesdays mornings. Like I will be there. It's like, okay. And then I've been signing up for every session since. And like big changes have happened in like actually doing speed work <laughs> and yeah. actually doing tempo and actually like running more than once a week. It's interesting because I got, like, a memory on, like, my Facebook from the, today, like, this day in history. So, like, five years ago, I ran the Philadelphia Rock and Roll Half. And my post is, like, haven't run in two months, have a cold, <laughs> ran the half marathon. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> yep, still. So now now I'm, like, okay, we're, we're training for things now and not... <laughs> getting hurt or and I never actually got hurt which is surprising but like if you look at all my halves they're all around three hours like run walk always felt awful afterwards like never felt good about myself and I'd always signed up for them in the hopes that it would kick me into training like kick me into working out kick me into getting into shape into like losing weight and getting on track and then it never actually did like I actually had to make a different change in order to mm -hmm. get on track I so admire your ability, your willingness to stick with something that was so hard for enough time to see the changes begin to happen. Because that, in that openness is where things can be developed. Like you gave yourself the chance to do that. And that's really powerful because it's a scary, really scary step. Yeah. 
And I want to ask you, like, how far into your second time at group training did you start noticing that things were kind of solidifying a little bit more for you? Um, I, the first few intervals were okay. Like, I think that session overall was better because a lot of people were just restarting, and so their fitness had dropped off a little bit. So I wasn't so far back from the group. And then if you're doing 400s, you catch back up. And so in the rest period, you're caught back up with everybody, and then you can start again. So if you fall behind, it's okay. In 400 meters, you'll be back with the group, so you're not, like, so far off. So I found intervals to be much more helpful for the mindset of, like, oh, I'm not this terrible runner. It's like, okay, I'm just falling behind for this one. Let's see if I can pick it up for the next one. Yeah, you're going to be uncomfortable. And then I remember Gordon talking about her puke threshold, and I was like, I kept meeting that in group training. <laughs> like, I wasn't racing, but I was hitting that in training. <laughs> so maybe I was, I was doing it a little too hard, but I was trying to keep up with the group. Yeah. Um, yeah but, it, but that's what made the difference, even though, right, like uh, going back to training age for a second, it's like you're at a point where you're going to make a lot of gains very quickly, yeah. even if you shouldn't race your workouts, but giving it a good go. You know, the the curve is kind of steep at that yeah. point in terms of, like, improving your fitness. Um, and I think when you're first starting out, too, like, there's, like, that rate of perceived effort scale. I don't think it's as big as you have once you're actually, like, trained. So, like, it was either easy or hard. There was no in-between, like, when I was doing it. Like, he's like, do a – Stuart would always be like, oh, do a seven. And I'm like, I don't know what a seven is. Seven is like a puke threshold for me because yeah. <laughs> it's like anywhere like that's such a good I point. I can't. That is a really there's no good differentiation. Point. Yeah. It's something that's learned very over a consistent amount of time. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, and you can you can literally like as you as your fitness increases, you can go down like you can start discerning point fives in between the right like yeah. literally like you get to a point where you can say that's not a seven it's not a six either right like mm-hmm. it's interesting so that that makes yeah. perfect sense like when you're starting off you're like okay either I'm dying or I can just re- you know like it's okay it feels easy mm. yeah that's a really good point even for us coaches to kind of remember that yeah, yeah. it's not about the numbers. It's about the effort. Mm-hmm. And actually, I was thinking about this while I was doing something the other day. I can't remember what it was. But just the the value in learning your own personal effort scale because anything can happen in a race. Mm-hmm. Most of the marathons I've run, I've had a problem with my watch. So it's like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, what is my marathon effort here? Yeah, Because you might have a great day or the opposite happens and you know, you're, it's hot or, you know, you're tired or something Mm -hmm. happens and your body is working harder than it would at that pace. Mm -hmm. And so your effort is off. Um, if you're tied to the number, is what I'm trying to say. Right, right. (laughs) No, absolutely. And you'll get, as as Ali was saying, is like, you'll get even more fine tuned about that. Can you talk a little bit about your work, like how running helps and how your work helps running? Yeah, so I don't work in a hospital anymore. Mm-hmm. I currently work um, in mental health shelters. So I work with the most vulnerable population in New York City, and I work with people who have severe persistent mental illness, um, usually co-occurring substance use disorders, and usually co-occurring medical problems. And I'm, I do assessments on them and attempt to treat them, and I work with them when they're in the most crisis. Um, like being homeless and sometimes being homeless for the first time or 
being homeless for a long period of time. Um, so I'm at multiple different shelters. Um, I was working with chronically street homeless men for a while, so the, the individuals who are usually like hard to get to come into shelter, mm. um, so difficult to trust, and they have different codes and different ways of doing things, and different. They don't always have the social standards that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I spend a lot of time trying to talk people through certain things. Um, usually they don't know how to modulate their own emotions or, and they have learned behaviors of aggression and anger and outbursts. And so we have to, how do we manage that and how do we cope with it? Um, and I attempt to treat them as much as they're willing to be treated. And so it's a lot of crisis intervention, um, a lot of emergency service um, interaction. Um, so it's a pretty stressful environment intense, in yeah. general. Um, I have so many questions for you <laughs> on that front, and maybe yeah. we can talk about it a little bit more in the second yeah. section <clears throat> after your race. Okay. We only have a few minutes, but I have okay. one question I want to ask you. Can you share with us some advice that you would like to give Melissa before she goes off on her race? <laughs> to enjoy the moment and not get caught up in anything that's outside of it. And I think, so like last year, like you said, when you first start actually training, you make big gains. And so I was PRing every single race. Like I didn't have to try, like I was trying, but like I would have PRed if I had walked some of it. Like, and so this year I haven't PRed at all, really. Um, so it's been like, that's also been the mental challenge too. I'm like, I'm trying to hit this pace and then I can't hit it. So I'm like, is it mental? Is it physical? Like, have I plateaued? What, what's going on? I'm like, cause I think last year I PR the marathon by almost an hour. Um, Stuart made a point of telling me that I didn't hit it the hour, <laughs> hit the hour. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you're a minute shy of that hour <laughs> PR. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Tried. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't want to get caught up in like looking at my watch at Berlin. I want to try to just run it, enjoy the atmosphere, enjoy the landmarks running through a city and not like be like, oh my gosh, I have to hit this pace. And because like this half marathon I did in the spring, um, I started like watching my watch and on, it was on track and then I was sick during that time and it was just going downhill and then mentally I went downhill with it. I don't want that to happen, even if it pace comes off. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Did you hear that? Enjoy it. Enjoy the (laughs) moment, everybody, on all your runs. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So as your coaches, we wish you a wonderful, wonderful race, and we will speak with you on the flip side. Yes. Thank you so much for giving us the time. So now we'll bring you part two of Melissa's episode. This is the interview we did with her after her Berlin Marathon to do a race recap and learn from uh, Melissa everything that uh, happened at Berlin and then what her next steps are. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to Chill Track Friday. I'm Anne. Hello, hello. This is Ali. Who do we have with us? 
Well, today we have part two of our interview with Melissa O'Brien. We are now post-marathon, and we are going to talk about her race and her travel experience and everything, training experience, just from the other side of it. We talked to her before, and now it's after. Welcome to back to the show, Melissa. Thank you for having me. It's weird to be back in the U.S. after being gone for 10 days. Yeah, so tell us what's going on. So you ran a marathon and then you went on a vacation. I did. I think it was the best plan post-marathon, especially after how it went. <laughs> Needed some uh, fun and excitement. Uh, yeah, so it was good. Can you tell us a little bit about your race? Or maybe we can start <laughs> from like how we saw you before you went. We did your yeah. last little kind of sharpening mm -hmm. two-mile race pace workout with you a few days before you left. Mm -hmm. And we were holding you back. Like, yeah, <laughs> I was ready to be unleashed. <laughs> it was really cool. Super ready, super fresh. Mm -hmm. And then you flew, that was Wednesday before your race and you flew that night. And then can you tell us a little bit about, you know, when you landed and just kind of the days up to the race? And before? Um, yeah, so it was an overnight flight. I worked all day Wednesday, then went to JFK, got a 10 p.m. flight out. The flight had like no AC going on, so there was no sleep happening. <laughs> Uh, we landed in Dusseldorf, had like a brief layover there, and then ultimately ended up in Berlin. I think it was like 2.30 p.m. on Thursday. And then we did the whole expo thing, which the expo was huge. Like we didn't even look at any of it. We went directly to our bibs because it was like end of the night. People were waiting for us. We had like delays getting baggage and all that fun stuff. And um and then we went to like dinner and went like by the time we got back to the hotel, I think I'd been awake for like 36 hours yeah. and like I was like ready to <laughs> to sleep at that point. Um, and then we did a lot of like touristy stuff on uh, Friday with like a bunch of people who were running it, like all from New York. Like there's a huge group of us that was just really awesome to like share that experience with people and also see them outside of running clothes. And that was kind of weird. Like, are you the same person? I <laughs> also um, yeah, did a lot of touristy stuff. We did a shakeout run to the Brandenburg Gate that morning, which was really cool. Like, that's when it kind of felt real. It was, like, seeing the gate and, like, seeing everything getting set up, and it was pretty cool. And then Saturday we did the breakfast run with a whole bunch of people from New York as well, and that was, like, super slow miles, like... 12, 11 minute pace for most of it. Um, it was just like, they intend it to be slow. Like they won't let you go fast. And um, it was just cool, like running with everybody who are like usually way faster than me. And it was like <laughs> just a whole lot of photo ops. <laughs> and um, ending in like the Olympic stadium was just really cool experience. Like being able to run on that track and like end and like go up to see where like they lit the flame and which is really cool experience and like to share that with so many people. Like I think there was like 15 of us just there together and it was just really awesome. That's really nice. I think you were smart to do the expo first too. I always try to get through a little bit. Yeah, I didn't want to like be worrying about it. I wanted to get my stuff, make sure my stuff was there. There's always that fear that maybe they screwed something up mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. or maybe you screwed something up. Yeah, it gives you a little time. And then hearing you talk about going to the Brandenburg Gate and seeing them like through the gate setting up the start yeah. line. I remember I ran Berlin in 2017 and and I had the same experience at Chicago. When you go see the finish line before you've run the marathon, that's kind of where it it 
I don't know, that's where I realized what is actually happening and like the mass, how big the marathon is mm-hmm. and how it's so much bigger than us and that it just puts everything into perspective. For at least that, that was my experience. Yeah. I always get a little bit emotional when I see the finish line before I've run the race. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just kind of brought me back hearing you talk about that. Yeah. You hadn't slept, so you <coughs> were up for about 36 hours. Yeah. At what point you felt like, were you try? Did you feel tired at all leading up to the race? Yeah, because of that. Yeah, I was. I was. I don't really sleep well in general, and mm-hmm. then like when I travel, I don't sleep well either. Um, and I think I slept a little bit, like Thursday night into Friday, but then like Friday into Saturday, there was like no sleep happening, and then race night, of course, no sleep's happening because <laughs> you're just running through it. Um, so I think. I was definitely sleep deprived. And then the days going up to traveling, I was like packing and last minute stuff. And like, am I forgetting something? Um, So I think that week was definitely like a big sleep deprivation week for Mm -hmm. me. And a flight takes it out of you too. Yeah. Even if you feel rested going into it, it's without a marathon on the other side, it's depleting. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So let's talk about your race. Okay. Um, so, you know, there, we have some like hard facts and numbers and things and we had a plan and everything yeah. and you were going for a certain time and mm-hmm. you had a, an experience. So can you share, do you, are you open to sharing yeah, about yeah. all that? Okay. Yeah. I'm calling it the disaster of Berlin. <laughs> <laughs> Hardly. <laughs> that's, that's what's been coming. That's the PG version that has been running through my head. <laughs> the, the R rated version was happening while I was running. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Good. You, you're open to share the already. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're allowed. We, yeah, we can mark we can, the. We, we can bleep it. Yeah. Or, or we no. can mark the episode explicit. And okay. Fine. <laughs> We've done that twice. Yeah. Um, I mean, the morning of it was like I felt good. I felt rested. I felt like ready to go. I was like, let's do this. Like I was so energized, I didn't even feel tired in the morning. Which usually I like always wake up being like, oh, I need more sleep. Um, I got up. I guess like two hours before, ate my pre, like bagel thing, whatever passed as a bagel in Berlin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, got everything ready, everything was laid out. It was like a little chilly, a little drizzly. Um, we went to the subway to get there because of the way the gates were, you couldn't just like get in. It had to come through on the other side, and our hotel was on the other side, which Thank you for your advice because then we made a point to look at that. <laughs> um, but then we went one stop too far on the subway because we were just not very great with the Berlin subway system. And uh, so then we got panicked and had to go back and we missed, we were meeting people at a certain spot and that like fell through and then it was like a little tense and rushed. And so then we got to the start area about an hour before the race and we got immediately in line for the porta potties. We're like, let's get this out. The lines were crazy for the porta potties. And I think we were in line for like 40 minutes or something. Like, I think we chose the wrong, like, we got in line, we committed, and then we're like, we can't try to move up and see if there's extra, like, smaller lines. Um, so then we did not have a great placement in the corral, which I think was the biggest mistake I might have made, was not getting there, like, extra early to try to get to the front. So the wave I was in was 4.15 marathon pace and above. So everybody was in the same wave. There was no corrals to deviate, like deviate between any of the paces. And I never missed 
New York Roadrunner Corral system more than on that day. Um, so we tried to push up as far as we could, and it was fury packed, and the whole wave started at once. There was no like breaks in between. So it was very crowded. I think the first mile people took off too fast, probably for them. And but it was like the pace that I could go. So I was like, yeah, this is great. And then mile two, when it goes from like two lanes down to one, it was like you couldn't get through. Like there was a lot of people who were walking, maybe doing like the run walk method. I'm not sure, but there was like lines of people and you couldn't like weave through them. So I was going back and forth trying to get through. I think I was on the curb at one point, not supposed to do that, but like I wanted to get around. And so I think for like the first 10K, I just kept trying to chase my race pace. And it was like so much effort to try to get to my race pace because I like there was no there was no room. Like I was getting elbowed. I was getting like it was just so packed and so tight. I just couldn't get through. And then I was so frustrated. Like I started like almost crying because I was just so frustrated that I knew I had it in me to do that pace, but like I couldn't get there. And it wasn't because I didn't want to or couldn't do it. It was like, there was like a wall of people that wasn't like, they weren't moving. And a lot of them were doing like, um, I don't know, like 11, 10 minute miles. And so finally about 10K, I was like, I can't keep going back and forth because I'm never gonna finish it if I'm just adding all this extra mileage. And so I joined whatever pace they were going at the time, which I think was like a 10.30, 10.45. And I was like, hopefully it like opens up a little bit. Maybe I can have like a better second half. I'm like, I don't think it's gonna like work out for me today, like after all of this. And like, I just felt tired. Like I felt emotionally tired because I've like for over an hour, I was like so worked up of like trying to get to my pace that I just felt exhausted. And then, like, 10.30 pace is, like, pretty, like, my long run pace. So I was like, okay, I can do this. Got to, like, the halfway point. And I don't know, like, I hit the halfway mark, and I was like, it's only half? Like, we still have a whole nother half to go? Like, I don't know if I can do this. And I think that point, my mind, like, went to such a dark place. Like, such a dark place. I'm like, why are you, did you just to yourself? Like, why can't you just go on vacation to go on vacation? Why do you have to go run a marathon first? And uh, it was just like, I was like cursing myself out, cursing everybody else out. <laughs> I was like so not happy. And then I think because my mind was such a negative spot, my body started to follow. And it was raining so much. There was like puddles and flooding on the course. And then it was really slippery through the water stations. And I almost like fell a couple of times. So I'm like, let me walk through the water stations. Let's preserve and not get hurt and it just like I think mile 18 or 19 just felt awful I was like am I gonna finish this <laughs> like I'm not even sure I'm gonna finish this at this point and uh so I was like okay let me just keep moving let me just keep moving like one foot just one foot and um I think I was I got my hotel was like maybe 4k from the finish line I was like I could just turn off right now and this would be warm, dry, get a hot shower, <laughs> and put my feet up, be done. And I was like, no, you, you came here for a reason. You got you to finish this. You've never quit a race before. Like, you're not starting now, especially when you don't really have a great reason to quit. <laughs> like, you're not limping. You're not, like, you haven't seriously hurt yourself. You can still stand up. And so I talked myself into that. And then I, like, 
2K before the finish. I got this massive abdominal cramp and uh, I could barely walk. And I'd never had that before where like a cramp was just so bad that like walking was painful. And it was like so demoralizing. I'm like, how did that like happen? And then I like reflected and I had stopped taking nutrition at like mile 16 because like my stomach wasn't liking the tap water there because I realized I hadn't tried the tap water before the race because everything's bottled. And uh, so it was probably like lack of electrolytes because I was still drinking the water but not taking any uh, electrolytes in. And uh, everyone's like yelling at me like, you got to go. The Brandenburg Gate's right there. You're almost at the finish. Just finish it strong. And I'm like, I am trying so hard to finish it strong, but I cannot move. And like, it was great that the runners were cheering me on and like the uh, crowds were cheering me on, but like... I had nothing and it was just so painful. Like I crossed the finish line, like almost just like sat down. Like if like the crowd hadn't like pushed me forward, I probably would have just sat there and been like, take me to the medical tent. Like (laughs) someone needs to fix this. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So then it was like really cold. We were soaking wet. I had puddles in my shoes and all I wanted to do was get dry. (laughs) And like the finish line area there is like a little hectic and crazy and, Get to get like your poncho, it took quite a bit of time, and that was just like a whole lot of people, a whole lot of people. I was just so ready to <laughs> get out of that area. Um, yeah, um, can I just start by saying thank you so much for sharing this with us because it's really brave of you to share, you know. Um, yeah, I'm just really proud of you. I'm gonna get emotional. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, I was just I didn't I didn't want to interrupt or say anything because, just like what Anne said, thanks for sharing that. So much can happen in a race, and for you to for you to share like right at the half how you felt and then how it kind of just it's obvious you have been thinking about it, right? Mm-hmm. Like I went to a dark place and then the body followed, um, but I love your reflection and the fact the way you've put everything you like okay i know exactly where what things went wrong mm-hmm. right and what happened there's this build up to the race right mm-hmm. and berlin's supposed to be a fast course all <laughs> the, our we have a huge contingent going there we're thinking of like um here's the pace you have been working towards we did the last shakeout with you mm-hmm. or like your marathon pace workout with you and we had to put you on a bungee cord for that <laughs> so we knew exactly where you were. You yeah. knew exactly yeah. where you were. So I can't even imagine, you know, that, that frustration of like, oh, I know what I'm supposed to be running, right? And the and you're smart. You're a really smart runner where you're recognizing the f- fact that you're actually wasting a lot of energy mm-hmm. surging and, com- you know, coming back and forth. So it's quite clear, you know, where things didn't kind of settle right and, and what happened. But at the same time, for what you went through to finish that and not walk off is really, really inspiring. No. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know how to put that into words. Like, you you said you went there for a reason, and you told yourself that during the race. Like, that's not easy to do when everything is hurting and, <laughs> yeah. and your hotel room's, like, right there. Right. Yeah. And then, like, it's all those dark thoughts because, like, when we had talked before I went you're like what's your goal and I was like my goal was to have fun and enjoy it and during that race I'm like I'm not hitting any goal I can't even hit the goal where I'm supposed to have fun like how do you fail at that too (laughs) 
And that's kind of like where it ended up, like in such that dark yeah. place. I'm like, you can't even hit a goal of having fun. Like, what, what are you even trying to do? Why are you here? Like, so, so you've crossed, you crossed the finish, and then you wanted crossed. to sit, but the crowd kind of, you're like, well, I can't sit. Yeah. Um, and you get pushed forward. Yeah. What, what happens next? Finally got the poncho. Mm-hmm. That was great. And then I was like so disappointed in the race. I'm like, I'm not taking pictures. I'm not doing this. Like, why do I need to remember this? This was just such a horrible mm-hmm. thing to to do. And I was like, no, Melissa, you're going to want a picture later. <laughs> like, So I took a picture in front of like the rice egg and I like awkwardly asked some person to do it. And it was like. I said to Ali, I said, she got a picture. I'm so glad she got a picture. I was so close to not. I'm like, I'm not doing this. Like. There's no reason to remember this. Like, you shouldn't commemorate. Like, I mean, the, yeah. So it was like, you're not going to do Like, I'm just going to go home. Like, that's what I'm doing. And I'm like, no, no, be rational. <laughs> like, this is not all emotion. You're going to regret that later, not having that post-race picture. Because you've taken a post-race picture at every marathon you've done. Like, you also don't know anyone else at the finish. So, like, mm-hmm. you're going to have to ask an awkwardly ask somebody. <laughs> Very self-aware to do that. I was... Really happy when I saw that. Film. Yeah, it was very close to not happening. Yeah, I'm glad you did it. It was very close. And then I had done it with like the poncho, and so I was like, my head's down. <laughs> the, the boxer look. Yeah, yeah. And I had like my cap on and the, the hood up, and I'm like standing there, and I'm like, I took it. I'm like, okay, I'm done. And I looked at it, I was like, no, I need to get a better one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And then walked the 15 minutes to the subway. Well, probably hobbled the 15 minutes to the subway because my body felt awful. Got back to the hotel and immediately took a hot shower. I was like, I just need to get warm. I was like, and then I didn't really want to talk to anybody. <laughs> but what's good is like we had planned to meet up at like a beer garden, like a whole bunch of us. And um, and there was a couple of people staying in the hotel that I was at. And so I sent a text off to someone and I was like, when are you leaving? I'll go with you. So that way I don't like wallow in the hotel room. <laughs> And he's like, well, we're leaving now. And I'm like, okay, can you give me five minutes to get dressed? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't even have time to stretch, but okay. Because I, I knew if I didn't go at that point, I wasn't leaving the hotel room. Like, I was just going to, like, probably not even get up and get food. I was probably just going to go to sleep and, like, be done with the day. But I'm glad I went. Like, we had, like, a good post-race, like, debrief. And we got to celebrate some accomplishments of like some massive PRs for some people, which was just so awesome for them. I was so happy for them. Um, yeah, and just to like celebrate that we got to do an international marathon. Like, how many people can say that they traveled somewhere to like run a race or even like run a marathon? Like, I am capable. Like, not many people can do that or have the physical ability to do that. Um, so that was like, okay, we need to look at some of the positives here. Like you finished 26.2 miles and that's like not an easy feat to do, even though you're surrounded by people who can do it all the time. But like in general, like that's not an easy like thing to do. So after a marathon, you're in a skewed population. (laughs) Completely. And everyone's like, oh, this is my seventh marathon. This was my 26th marathon. This is this. And I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) This is my fourth. Was Coach Stewart in that company? Yes. By any chance? Yes, he was. So it's like, yeah, my whatever, 60th marathon. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So you felt better being around people? Yeah. That's good. And then I didn't have to talk about my race because we got to talk about everyone's accomplishments. So I was like, I don't have to talk about whatever happened. (laughs) We're just going to focus on the positives of everybody else, which I think helped 
like get me out of my funk too because I was so genuinely happy for everybody mm-hmm. and like what we fought through and some of those conditions and that we got to share a beer together. It was great. That's really nice. Yeah. Um, I'm going to ask you sort of a general question. Do you have any advice for people that are training for a marathon now or about to start training for a marathon just now that you're you this is your fourth marathon right yeah so you you're an experienced marathoner is that what we call that now (laughs) doesn't feel very experienced i would call you experienced even if you hadn't run four marathons okay yeah i don't feel very experienced i feel like extremely novice that i have like so much more to learn and like master and like build on that well is always empty yeah. that's yeah. relative uh-huh. yeah well that's unfortunate we all have only drops in them. Yeah. <laughs> that's so unfortunate you hope it'll fill up soon <laughs> um i mean i think if you're starting out and you've never done a marathon before and you're trying to take that leap i think you just have to have faith in yourself to try like really think about what's holding you back like if it's been on your bucket list and you're like oh I'll do it next year or oh, I'll do it next year what is it that's holding you back is it fear is it like what's going on with that because if you've done other races or even if you haven't like you can do it you just have to put the training in and don't do what I did for my first marathon and not do the training <laughs> um because your body will be much happier if you do um but I think you have to make the commitment and the commitment to yourself and like really put the work in and then believe in yourself and believe that you will cross the finish line. It doesn't matter what the time is. It really doesn't. Like the joy of being in a marathon and running with people and everyone's running for a different reason, whether it's like for a charity or because they're like overcome a, like something in their life or just because it's like their sport that gives them so much happiness. Like everyone's out there for a reason and most runners are pretty positive. And I think if you find like your why, that'll get you there. And you just have to take that first step and ask for help. I think asking for help is like the biggest thing because we can't do it alone. Like we're going to need the support. We're going to have like those really low lows in training. We're going to have those really high highs in training where we're going too hard and you're like, oh, wait, need to pull back a little bit or even in the race you're going to have like a race leading up to the big race and it might really go downhill um but that doesn't define like who you are as a runner and I think I keep having to remind myself of that especially like this year I've had some really low lows this year where like last year was like high after a high after a high so yeah um Tell us about your vacation after the race. Oh, vacation was super fun. I got to go to Munich and Oktoberfest, Mm -hmm. and I highly recommend both of those things. I think I was pretty let down by, like, Berlin as a city. I think I had an expectation of, like, old European city, and it's pretty modern, and it's, I don't know, I kind of associate it with, like, New York. Like, the traffic was crazy. The people were fast-moving. Not very nice. (laughs) And then you get to, like, Munich, and it's, like, this beautiful city with, like, cobblestone streets, like, the amazing architecture. The people are super nice. It's pretty chill. And then they have this huge festival just for beer. Like, it's pretty amazing. (laughs) And it was fun. That's pretty cool. And then you went to Paris as well? Then we went to Paris. Yeah. And I, Paris was not on my like 
high priority list of places to visit. Um, but I was traveling with somebody and that's where she really wanted to go. And um, I was like, okay, I'm down for anything. Like my priority was Munich, but and then we went there. So what, what can we do? And uh, it like exceeded my expectations, which I was pretty, I thought it was like overhyped. Like in my head, I was like, oh, Paris has got to be overhyped because everyone like talks about it. And it's like, it wasn't, it was like, I wish we had more time there. I think we only had like three days mm-hmm. and we like squeezed every last thing into those three days. We, what did you do there? We barely ate. You barely <laughs> ate we, in Paris. I oh my gosh. Know. <laughs> we like afterwards, we were like, I lost like five pounds on vacation. I'm like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> and the marathon stomach was still on. Yeah. And uh, we did the Louvre, like the Mona Lisa. We did the Eiffel Tower. We did the boat ride on the Seine. We did the steps up the Arc de Triomphe. Um, we went and did the catacombs, which was eerily fascinating. Um, we walked like 18 miles one day around the city. We did the... So you ran the Paris 30K. Pretty much. Pretty much. Day. Yeah, we did like... I think we did 13 miles walking and then we we're like, oh, let's do a five mile run. And then we did <laughs> after we did the steps of the Arc de Triomphe. We went up there, took pictures, saw it, and they're like, OK, let's go to this little big they had like a forest in the middle of Paris. So we went and like ran through that. It was pretty cool. Actually, like pretty trail like, which I was shocking. Speaking of forests in the middle of a city, aside from the race itself in Berlin, yeah. did you get to run into your garden at all? Uh, yes, we did that for the shakeout run. Okay. Yeah, we did the shakeout run on that Friday and did that and then ended it at the Brandenburg Gate. Yeah, I did my last shakeout there too. I didn't do the Olympic Stadium run mm-hmm. when I ran there, so I, it was Friday before and I did four to, I don't know, four miles or so and I really, re- it, it gets deep and mm-hmm. really foresty and I really enjoyed that. I don't um, think we went that deep. Okay. There was a... A whole lot of like uh, fences up too, mm. and we had like run from our hotel, and we were trying to keep it at three miles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even though we wanted to do more, um, and then we found like the central park of Munich to run in too. Oh, nice! I was like, let's run in every city we go to. Um, and then I felt like way too good running in Munich two days after the marathon, and I was like, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. well, you <laughs> you weren't being held back. I yeah. wasn't. I like yeah. I did the first mile and I was like like pretty slow. And the second mile I looked down I was like, "Oh, 912, are you kidding me?" Like <laughs> <laughs> you got to be kidding me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this feels very yeah. easy right now. You've got that. You've got it. So, and then I had to slow down cuz I was like trying to not lose sight of the person I was running with too. So like mm-hmm. we didn't get lost because we really didn't have cell phone service. Right. <laughs> so imagine if you're like, guys, I'm gonna go do the marathon that I didn't get to do the yeah. other day. I'm gonna I'll see you in like two hours. It was it was a thought. <laughs> it was definitely a thought. I got to Paris. I was like, let me just like run around Paris. I can do it here. And I was like, oh the Paris marathon's hilly. I'm like, sure, let's do it. Like <laughs> flat didn't work for me. <laughs> Flat's hard. Yeah. I I mean any I think it, just because you're using the same muscles the whole time. That and like there were so many turns. Yeah, like I, I remember that too. And it like every time there's a turn, it bottlenecked. Mm-hmm. And so it was just like you're going at a good pace and all of a sudden you're stopped again. Yeah. And then you have to like start back up. And then yeah. some of it's like quick turns and you're just like, again, really? Because, yeah, the first turn you spoke of. So <laughs> Berlin's a year away from now for everyone, whoever's going to run it next year. But that first turn is almost a hairpin turn, right? Mm-hmm. And it 
it not not just it's a turn it also narrows everything down to one lane so yep. it's uh it's it comes to a standstill get to the yeah. front of your wave if you can <laughs> and there are a lot of like you said in the last 4k is like just Turn after turn, turn after, after turn. turn. There's like eight to ten turns, I think, within that. So. so that was too many turns. Yeah, I remember at that point just being like, what the hell? Yeah. What like, the hell? What the hell? <laughs> I was expecting that. <laughs> Coach Ken. Um, so what's, what are we doing next? Uh, New York City in uh, like three and a half weeks at this point, I think. Plan B, if that didn't Plan work out, right? Plan B. <laughs> Let's, Let's a, choose the hilliest course. Yeah, and, uh, well, hilliest course, home hopefully field advantage. some of it negated by the fact that it's home field advantage. Yeah. And that you know it, know parts of it really, really well. Yeah. Yeah. Not as many turns. Not as many turns. Lots, lots of lots straightaways. Of straight. It's a lot of straightaways. Yeah. I love the straight. Well, thank you for sharing this journey with us and with our Welcome. listeners. And thank you for applying to be a featured athlete. Yeah, thank you for accepting me. I actually don't know if I would have run Berlin if I hadn't been. <laughs> I don't know, like, because I hadn't, like, this year had been so rough with, like, injury and with, like, getting, I'd been sick on and off, too. Just, like, kept catching every cold, like, a problem of working in healthcare. And um, I hadn't, like, even made a plan like for Berlin. I was like, oh, it's coming. Oh, it's 16 weeks. I should probably make a plan. 15 weeks. Should still probably make a plan. <laughs> I think it what, like 13 weeks is when you guys sent me a plan. <laughs> and I was like, okay, now I have a plan. And I'm like, oh shit, that's a plan. <laughs> can, I have to do this. <laughs> can I do this? That seems a little ambitious for me. <laughs> Actually, yeah, can we go down this road a little bit? Can you tell our listeners just sort of your experience of having a coach, in our case coaches, like yeah. the difference between a training cycle with one and without a coach? So I've had like, I guess three, I'm only counting three training cycles because the first one, there was no training involved. So my first training cycle was completely by like an online box, whatever told me to run and I tried to run it and I don't actually think I fulfilled most of it um and then I had joined group training I think like a month before it so that was mostly like by myself I didn't know what I was doing I was running with some friends if that I didn't know any concept of pace or how I was to pace workouts what running fast was like intervals or tempo or any of that it was like oh just do these miles and then the second time I did the virtual trainer as well as group training um, and the virtual trainer gave me the miles that I had to do, but I never actually followed any of the workouts because I followed the group training workouts that didn't ever actually lined up. Um, and so I wasn't really getting any feedback, um, but I was putting the miles in. So I got to like click off that I did the miles. So that was, I think the best part of virtual trainer was like being able to insert and it's like, oh, you hit your mileage for the week. I'm like, great. Mm-hmm. Um, or when you didn't, it's like, you're short on miles. Maybe you should cut down. And I'm like, <laughs> Thank you for the judgment. (laughs) Um, So it was then having you guys, I was like, oh, no, they're really going to see what I'm doing. (laughs) Like sometimes I'd see the workout and I'm like, oh, no, (laughs) am I going to hit this? And what do I say to them when I don't? (laughs) How do I justify not doing it? And so I get out there and I'd start running and I'm like, oh, this don't feel that great. 
And I'm like, okay, but they're going to watch and they're going to know. So I have to do it anyway. <laughs> so it was like, I felt like Big Brother was kind of watching me. <laughs> Without us ever knowing. Without you guys it's ever like knowing. Next level Big Brother. <laughs> yeah. Big, Big Brother. And it's like, I know. And then like in my head, I'm like, oh my God, they're really analyzing these like splits. And like, oh my gosh, I have to hit this split. And like, I can't stop. And I need to admit if I stop, I can't like walk and not tell them I'm walking or like if I like took a break, like I can't lie. I just felt like I had to like expose all of it. And I think like some of my like writings in the Excel spreadsheet were like pretty personal because I'm like, let me explain what my headspace was for this race. Because I found like my headspace really affects like my running. And so I think I like you guys kind of became my therapist for a little bit. <laughs> that, that headspace pause part was really <clears throat> helpful because yeah. I would read it or Anne would read it. Like I remember like a bunch of times I read it. I'm like, hey, she just updated the log. We need to discuss before we get back to her, like <laughs> yeah. what the what the game plan should be going forward. Yeah, it was really it helpful, and that was actually part of like what we wanted this to be about was people getting really honest because that is such an important part of marathon training, and I think that um, at least from my perspective of marathon training, like to see you going through stuff that I had gone through, I was able mm-hmm. to say, oh well, you know, this is a normal worry or doubt or concern right. to have. And then the most, the, the <laughs> from the coaching side of it, the most, the only time I was alarmed was when I saw that you weren't feeling well for like a few consecutive days and I was, and you were asking me about a workout and I had like, it didn't click that you still weren't feeling well. And I was like, yeah, go ahead and do that. And then I went back and I was like, no, 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 no. Yeah. I thought that was really funny. You need to I felt bad. I thought I told you I was sick. And I guess because I was so sick, I didn't realize I hadn't told you. <laughs> and so then you're like, you're getting sick. I'm like, oh no, I've been sick for a week. <laughs> like. <laughs> And you're like, then you're really not working. Yeah. <laughs> ban on running, ban on running. Yeah, and I was like, oh. And then I felt like a naughty child. I was like, oh, I should have told mom. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to tell her. <laughs> no, but I was, uh, we both really, um, it was really, it, you helped us help you by being so specific about your, your workouts. And um, I was really impressed with your logging. I follow rules very well <laughs> and guidelines. But it also showed <laughs> us a commitment that you had yeah. to, to your training. Yeah, absolutely. It goes both ways, right? Like when that kind of data comes back to us and just shows what, you know, how you're thinking, you're telling us what you're thinking, even down to the, you said, oh, I stopped. I walked in this, right? So mm-hmm. it tells us how much you want us to know in terms of like, hey, take this into consideration before you like judge the whole thing in, right. you know, by a certain number. Or right? like, don't judge this as such a great workout right. because or, I totally... Whatever it is, right? So then it yeah. kind of tells us like, oh, okay, what the next one should be. And and in turn, exactly what Anne's saying, it tells us how committed you are. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> thank, thank you for, for having everything. me. Yeah. We'll see you in two weeks. Yeah.